Hello, hello, and welcome to The Make Awesome, the channel for the pragmatic audio creative where we discover products, projects, and people generally making awesome. I recently had the chance to catch up with an old friend when I was back in Australia, the very talented Mr. Brody Schumann. We were at a kind of cricket watching party gathering event and we were able to find a quiet corner, hit record and talked about many important things such as working in Canberra's biggest guitar shop, designing the ultimate acoustic at the Taylor University in San Diego, California, meeting Bernard Fanning from Powderfinger the killer low-cost acoustic, and not to mention the psychology of ukulele customers. It was a good time for me. I hope you also enjoy the conversation we had. Here it is. I guess we could start at the start, mm. because you're, you're quite the musician, right? I mean, yeah. you play a few instruments? Just a few. Yeah. Which ones? Uh, drums, guitar, uh -huh. piano, mm. I sing... And then in primary school, trombone and trumpet. Oh, really? And that's about it. But yeah, okay. Oh, a little bit of bass, but... Yeah, sure. Everyone dabbles. Everyone dabbles in bass. <laughs> yeah, totally. No, that's cool, man. So, um, yeah, because I never knew you as a singer, but I've heard you, you go all right. Yeah, probably the last couple of years. Yeah, okay. Um, there was a season there where I played just drums. Yeah. And that's just what... You know, I was doing and... Because was drums your first instrument? Sort of? yeah, yeah, since I could walk. I've been playing drums. Oh, really? So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, cool. And but probably, yeah, early teens when I when I picked up the guitar, it was that was kind of the point where oh, okay. music was going to be a major part. And, and you were about how old at this point? 2008. So I would have been 13, 12, 13. Yeah. So, so pretty well, young, but yeah, sure. Um, I was about the same age, but what what was um like the riff, like your first riff, the the one that just made you think, yeah, I'm a guitarist. Uh, I don't know. I think everyone <laughs> learns "Smoke on the Water." I remember learning that. No, nah, I never did. You never learned no. it. See, I <laughs> refused to learn any Metallica because I just, refused. Just refused. <sighs> Uh, I think the first riff was actually a blues riff that you showed me, and I just flat out loved it. No way. Loved, <laughs> loved being the rhythm and like the glue and like the chord progression that someone else could like play over. Yeah, for like, that, that drive, that yeah, that straight was, blues. I was ha going. I'm happy to sit back and play rhythm guitar. Someone else yeah, can cool. be that person. Yeah, because you, you're not so the show off, but stable. And if someone says play a solo, you're like, yeah, sure. But I don't have to. I'm, yeah. I'm happy to. I like, you know, being musical and adding flavor and different parts as a rhythm player. Yeah, that's cool. I think you can add a lot of depth to something, but you don't have to be playing lead. Yeah. So I think that that blues riff that you know you showed you showed me actually was um yeah it was probably the riff. Oh, so it was the standard. I think it was like an eight bar blues or something like that. Yeah, probably. 
<laughs> yeah, it's some good blues things to, to kind of cut your teeth on, and it's fun. So you you ended up getting a job in uh, the local music shop, like the big one around here. Yeah. Yeah. Better music. Better music. Yeah. yeah. How, how did you score that job? Because for so many musicians, that's like the ultimate job. Funny story, actually. <laughs> um, I bet. <laughs> My dad used to go in the heaps and he'd been in there for, you know, 20 years. Like, when I first started, the business had been around for 25 years. Okay. Um, so it was already, like, a super well-established sort of store. It was like you pretty much went to bed music if you wanted something in Canberra. Yeah. yeah. Music instrument-related. Um, Either that or Pro Audio, which was owned by the same guy. Yeah, same yeah. people. <laughs> yeah. Um, just depends which side of town you're on. Yeah. But, um, yeah, my dad's like, oh, they're looking for, like, a junior. Mm. Um, you should apply. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know, never, I had worked in a fish and chip, chip store, like, twice. Oh, okay. Earned a bit of cash, but I never really worked the job. So it was kind of my first job. Um, and I applied, and I was, I think, maybe 20 people applied. It was, like, a junior role, so, like, I'd work every day after school and mm. then all day Saturday no, uh, okay, yeah. um, and I was the only person out of those 20 that handed in a resume oh really yeah yeah okay so what is, is this really the, the musician kind of mentality where I think so and maybe because yeah. it was a junior role oh, yeah. maybe I don't know but um, yeah that's prob- and it probably had something to do with like the relationship that my dad had built with the, the staff there and stuff, but I don't think it was a, a major part at all. Okay, well, yeah, I mean, if if you knew that you're, you know, someone whose father knows the shop guys probably is less motivated to give a resume in. Yeah, probably. But you did. Yeah, and I suppose I was the only one, so... <laughs> Do you well, reckon I that's think... what got you the job, though? Yeah, yeah, I think so, and, I mean... Most of the guys that I, when I started there are still there. Oh, yeah. Um, so I've still got really good relationships with them. Um, um, I, I don't know, maybe it was just who I was or yeah. that I was young and willing to work six days a week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was, yeah, it was character building. Like, I learned a lot, like people skills. It wasn't just the music stuff that I learned about. It. Mm. Like I used to clean everything. I would oh. clean the whole store every afternoon. Oh really? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's not a small store. I mean, even even back then it wasn't. Yeah, back in the old shop. So, yeah. and I kind of like I really appreciate that time. Yeah. You know, like like I look back at it now, it's like oh, I probably shouldn't have worked six days a week through high school, you know, <laughs> yeah. and into college, and and then I went to a different job in in college, and then came back to the music store. But like hindsight's funny you know you can't look back but I appreciate that I did that like I loved the time I spent there yeah um, and you feel like it was um, like a work ethic thing that, that you learned well uh, not so much learned but grew yeah yeah, yeah. definitely grew um, like attention to detail and mm-hmm. going like the value of going above and beyond as well yeah okay um, I think like the culture was you know you kind of just did what you needed to what needed to be done and and that was the bare minimum like what was your bare minimum all right do that and then yeah. you're sweet yeah. you just coast by but yeah I felt like it needed you know you just 
did something else or go and do something that you weren't asked to do. Yeah. Really, yeah, that sort of grew in me that I still, you know, do. I, I bet you've had some interesting customers come through. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Tell us a story. Like the most random question or the most, you know, I bet you had some know-it-alls come in as well, some gear nuts that oh, just want to discuss okay. gear all day long. Every day. Um, yeah. When I was working through college and after college, we had, we had moved to a new store. Um, so it was actually the biggest purpose-built music store in the Southern Hemisphere, like the building is the biggest. Oh, was it really? Per, like purpose built for a music store. So yeah, yeah. there's probably the bigger. Yeah, there's probably bigger out there that have moved into warehouses mm. or, or buildings or whatever. But I'm pretty sure it's one of the biggest ground up builds. Yeah, cool. Um, and so it's, it's two story, and I was in the acoustic section. Mm. So we looked after um, my colleague and I. We looked after all the acoustic guitars, high end, low end, mm. and you get. You you were pretty much the busiest area because you'd have people start on acoustics. Oh, you know, sure, you'd, yeah. you'd have all like the Lots of the classicals, classical uh-huh. guitars, and then you know it's a pretty standard hundred dollar nylon yeah. string yeah. or a two hundred dollar Yamaha nylon strings like the, the, the pinnacle of a starter guitar. Yeah. So we'd be flat out, but we had the ukuleles in that section as well. Yeah. And then. Do I hate ukuleles? <laughs> Flat out hate them. Can't stand them. Yeah. Even if it's a good player, I don't care. I don't want, I don't want any piece of it. But you, you've just, heard enough now. Just had enough. <laughs> I've got that frustrating. And and these, these customers were like a different breed. Oh, okay. Ukulele customers. And you each, <laughs> each section you had like... You could definitely tell, like, oh, they're a piano customer or uh, they're a high-tech customer. Or, uh, you know, they just had, like, their niche. That's the, the vibe about them. Okay. Ukulele customers, the worst. <laughs> Will literally take six hours of your day oh, to no. pick a $100 ukulele. Oh, okay. And then you, and then you sell $600 starter guitars. Yeah. Just because, like, the value of that instrument for $100... You can buy a ten dollar ukulele. Yeah. Whereas you know a guitar starts at a hundred dollars. Yeah, sure. You know, so it's like in their mind, mentally, it was like a bigger decision, but it's not. It's like uh, yeah, because they really need to know if they should save the six dollars or not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was that was full on. <laughs> um, I met met a couple of really cool people, like Bernard Fanning. Oh yeah, sure. We he shops From, there um, all the time. That's a paddle finger guy. Yeah. 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 Uh, he's a really nice bloke, actually. Okay. Yeah, he's a really nice bloke. Yeah, and and what was he looking for? Uh, he pretty much decked out his studio, his house. Oh, nice. Okay. So like, just everything yeah. was really cool. Like he bought some quality pieces. Of oh yeah. Just mics and preamps, and um, he bought the like the Universal Audio, the Apollo Eight interface. Oh yeah. He sure. had two of them now. Yeah, he's got some good gear. And so, Better Music actually um, invested in you as well and sent you on some training and sent you to which factory was it? Taylor Guitar Factory. Yeah, Taylor. Yeah. I mean, that must have been cool. Yeah, that was. I love Taylor Acoustics. Yeah, that's once in a lifetime. Yeah. Um, Yeah, that was awesome. So, San Diego in um, California, Mm -hmm. San Diego, and then across the border. They have their Mexican factory. No. Nah. So they do all their cheaper guitars there. But it's um 
It's in, it's like a forty five minute drive. Okay. So you you'd be at the Taylor factory in America, and you'd all get on the bus. Mm. Like we'd split into two groups, and it was like, you guys are going to the Mexican factory today, and then change the next day. Um, you'd literally hop on the bus, forty five minutes, hit the border, yeah. and then ten minutes in the border. Once you'd cleared the border, uh, was the factory, and right. they'd, and they'd have um, maybe. 20 or also um, staff from the American factory would be rostered on there every week oh, okay. to like oversee it. Yeah. Um, so it would be like a rotation of the staff from um, the American factory. Mm. So they'd come over. Um, so is it, is it like uh, they send the American guys to uh, kind of quality control, quality like control. what the Mexican guys yeah. are doing? But in the end, it's the same gear, the same uh, machines and, and yeah. things like that that they use, right? Flat out the same. Same the factory, same layout. Uh-huh. It's literally the same. It's like a clone. Yeah, and, and this is cool because this this is something that um, I'm really passionate about in uh, when it comes to instruments and sounds and and everything. Like mm. just cutting through the crap of because this is still this is still a big discussion. Like. Is it a American Strat or a Mexican Strat? Is it, you know, where was it made? And, and especially the Mexican thing, because um, I've heard many different people telling me, and, and you firsthand, that, uh, you know, you've seen they use the same gear. A, a Mexican guy can make a guitar just as well as an American guy, I'm sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 100%. Yeah, yeah, right. And so... Um, even though they might make their cheaper lines there, um, you, would you say that because it's Mexican made, inherently makes it less quality? Nah, not no, not at all. Not at all. And and I mean, I only know firsthand from Taylor, but I would say it's probably the same for Fender. They still source the, the materials from the same people. Right. It's obviously just a lesser grade. Uh huh. Um, but like to put it another way, then. Um, if Taylor were to make one guitar, like the, the same guitar, um, model in America and in, um, Mexico using the same gear, um, the American one would be more expensive purely because of the American economy and how much it costs for real estate, wages, that kind of thing. Yeah. Is, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's cool. the only difference. Yeah, that's yeah. interesting. So that's why they, they have that Mexican factory. And, well, it's not the only reason, because Taylor, and they really drive it um, at, they, they call it their university, and that's what you go on. It's like a week yeah. of training, and you get trained in, like, like, of their company, obviously, but everything from how water reacts with, the, like, timber and, and care of a guitar in that sort of sense, as well as building guitars and um, the machines that they use and, and why they do sort of things, but also sustainability. Oh, yeah. So they're, they're in Mexico, not for the sole fact that it's cheaper because okay. their labor's cheaper, but they're investing in that community. Oh, really? Yeah. So that, that really plays a part in, in the, yeah. the Taylor business yeah. model. Oh, yeah. that's they're, cool. They're like, probably their major business model is just investing into the future. Okay. Um, so they have major plantations of ebony um, and uh, a few other timbers yeah. that they're planning now and 10 years ago mm-hmm. that for 20 and 30 years ahead yeah. is sustaining that timber 
because it works so well in instruments and guitars, but they're actually planning ahead, not chopping everything down now. So they can they can harvest their own wood in the future. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. That's but in communities around the world yeah. that they're benefiting from Taylor's involvement in their community. Well, isn't that cool? It's That's really great. cool. It's a really cool business model. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that was just an awesome week. So at this, this university, you spent a week at this university, uh, the Taylor University. Yeah, it's just at their factory. Okay, yeah. at their factory. And, and this is for luthiers and also um, sales guys like yourself. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so I had... Um, I'm trying to think of his name. Very famous Australian luthier. I can think of his brother's name, but I can't think of their last name. <laughs> uh, from work. Sydney. Yeah. And his brother runs a music store in Sydney. Uh-huh. Uh, guitar factory in Parramatta. Okay. Um, and, he, and obviously his brother um, is a, is a world-famous um, luthier. Okay. So it was interesting to pick his brains. And yeah. I was actually in his group, which I was fortunate enough to be in. Ah, uh, so you guys went over at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah so I think there was maybe 20 of us. And then there'd be two groups, so it'd be 10 and 10. Uh-huh. So you'd do all your dinners and lunches and stuff together. Mm-hmm. But then, obviously, they're not going to take 20 people around the factory at one time. Or sure. they're not going to take 20 people to Mexico because it takes an hour to get across the border. No, yeah. You know? Um, so you got to split into to two groups, and I was fortunate enough to be in a group with a couple of people that, um, yeah, I just learned a lot from. Okay. Even just their opinions and yeah um yeah it's just a really cool experience so what what would be the main or just a couple of the main takeaway points you got from this master luthier from sydney probably i mean i can imagine going to this university you know doing their week course and then talking to these guys that are already you know deep into building guitars Mm. know the stuff Mm. um it must have I mean, can you can you remember some of the main things that you learned from there that you would not have learned otherwise? Yeah. One thing that sticks out, and it's totally random, <laughs> that a guitar, an acoustic guitar, can hold up to 400 or so millilitres of water at any one time. Oh, just in the wood? Just, just in the timber. Yeah. So, that was interesting. 400 mil. Yeah, which is like half a drink bottle. Yeah, so he like pull, pulls out of the case yeah. and then he pulls the drink bottle out and he's like, well, this is how much water is probably in this guitar. Uh, Which was interesting because like, that's a lot of water when you think about it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think like the knowledge of, of like the, the care of the timber, the uh-huh. instrument, you know, especially in an environment like we have here um, in Canberra, not just Australia, but in Canberra is super dry. Yeah. And you get really cold. Yeah, and really hot, but it's dry all the time. Now, is that is that a good thing or a bad thing for, uh, for a guitar or or any wooden instrument? It's it's a good thing because yeah. it's consistent. Oh, okay. We don't have you don't you know you don't get like in summer when it, you know on the coast and it rains a lot yeah. and you just get an influx of humidity and moisture in the air. Yeah. If you have your instruments out, um, it's not the greatest because we're so hot and we're so cold, if you're running your aircon and you're heating, no. you actually suck even more moisture out of your guitar. Okay. If you just leave it out on the stand or uh, you know, on the wall hanging up. Yeah. Um, but 
it's it's probably good for the consistency and, and uh, you, you know what it's going to do. So is is there like um, a, a rule like it's it's better to have um, some moisture in the air for for your instrument or is it because I've I've heard that especially with violins mm. like um, the ones that are a couple of hundred years old sound so great because they're so dry they've they've really had time to to dry up and to age or something along these lines is is that kind of true or is that just rubbish that people kind of I don't know violins too well but I would say it's probably a good thing that they're dry yeah um, but the body shape and the concaves of a violin is very different to flat tops of guitars yeah well, sure okay. flat in quotation marks yeah. like obviously a guitar top if you look at it if it's any of any somewhat quality guitar mm. it will have a concave to it yeah. and you'll see that and that means it's actually probably the proper amount of water okay. it'll have a slight arch to it across the top uh-huh. if it's got no water in it you're either going to see it dead flat or you're actually going to see it dip oh, across yeah, okay. so if you like hold up your guitar and look across the top of the plane of the guitar yeah. so there is a slight bow in a guitar but like a, like a convex where, where it um, bows up a little bit, a little bit. Yeah, kind of like top. a hump in the middle. Yeah. A little bit like an arch top, but definitely not as. Not, not as pronounced, but just, just maybe yeah. a few mil high. And you'll see it, you know, you move your guitar in the light. Yeah. You'll see it. And um, so I think that's probably the difference between a violin and a guitar, and that's why violins can stay so dry for so long. Oh, okay. So they really are different. Or damage or anything. Uh-huh. Such a small instrument as well. Yeah in session music in, in Frankfurt that's my local music shop I noticed that you, you go in there and they've got a fairly big room like mm. open room uh, for all their guitars and they have mm, I don't know maybe a total of eight humidifiers just yeah. running the whole time yeah um, that's I I mean, is that really necessary, or does that help? Or yeah, it yeah, helps. It's not just for show. No. Yeah. Well, okay. It does look cool. It know, does actually. You know, you're like, oh, this is really high yeah. tech. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, what they're doing is they're 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 monitoring and they're keeping a consistent amount. No. Oh, okay. They're not pumping more uh-huh. and more and more and more, mm-hmm. um, and they're not sucking it dry. They're actually just keeping it at a manageable level. Oh, okay. Um, so they would have found a level on their machines and in that room and in that environment in that season uh, that works mm. um, and because those instruments are out all the time yeah. um, and they're not for show and you rarely especially in rooms like that you rarely have two of the same guitar so you yeah. would rarely have a second out the back that's true you well, know, like, their, their warehouse is separate anyway it's done straight yeah but, oh, so, that's, that's, that's interesting know, yeah. that's cool to know and um, back to back to your Taylor story. Mm. So you was it a part of this Taylor thing that you were you were able to design a guitar that you you were able to sell it in better music. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. So tell me about that. So that was like the, the that was pretty much like the whole point of the trip. Oh. Uh, you know, well, not the whole point, but like, hey, we're gonna send someone from your store on this. The catch is catch in quotation marks you know you you got to pay for this uh, yeah, build okay. to order is what they call them yeah so it's like their custom shop uh, is, and they call them btos build to order mm-hmm. um and yeah so essentially it was my job for that trip to design and handpick all the materials 
for a guitar. Uh, that which just is sounds awesome. So special because you yeah. you you walk into this massive warehouse. Well, it's in their factory, but it's a big room, and you walk through. You know, in the shopping centers, like when you see the staff walking out the back in the grocery store, and it's like those weird plasticky doors and they flap open yeah sure yeah it was like that that's what you walk into because you walk into this room it's like 35 degrees and stinking hot outside yeah you walk in and it's like bang 20 degrees fully humidified okay and it's a warehouse you're like this is random yeah it's where they store all their timber oh right so you walk into this place and it's and this is where you you walk in and this is where you come you come to hand pick the timber that you're gonna build your guitar with. Oh, so so they actually keep their timber at a at a temper temperature yeah. twenty degrees. Yeah. Correct. This is their main body timbers. No. Uh-huh. Like you'd walk through the the factory and you'd be in a place where they're building necks or or whatever and there'll be a, a pallet sitting on against the wall and it'd be stacked full of ebony blocks. Okay. So just depends what kind of timber it was, but it was massive. Just yeah. pull all their timbers for their bodies and so like the tops, sides, and backs. This is all the really yeah. Okay, it's the the important pieces because ah, it's so structural. Yeah. All right. So so you went over knowing that you had to make a custom order guitar. Yeah. BTO. A BTO. Where do you start? You you take inst- inspiration from what you like. Yeah. But also being a salesman, I had I had to be able to sell it. No, uh-huh. and so something in that price range, you're looking. You're not looking at like a, a top end guitar for these things at like three or four grand. You know, you you're investing money into that as a top end standard line instrument. Yeah. From Taylor. Yeah. Absolutely. Or any any manufacturer. You know, three. You know, it's probably two to four grand is, you know, a considerate. A considerable amount of money for a lot of people, especially for a musician, no. and you're investing into something. But this is between two to four grand. You're saying this is where you get like a pro level instrument. This is something that you could use for the rest of your life. Exactly. That's yeah. that's pro level. Something that's going to last a lifetime. Um, built to orders and custom shop instruments. They're that level above. Okay. That pro line. Ah. Okay. So yeah. So I had to think of well, who in in my World, in terms of my customers that I know regularly come in, mm. or regularly buy instruments, or what what are they buying, or what are they inter- interested in? What what features? What kind of guitars? What they kind own? of guitar do they own? What okay. kind of guitars do they own? You know, like, yeah, sure. So that's that was probably a big thing, and, and my colleague Simon and I, um, he kind of helped me a fair bit, but yeah, uh, maybe. I probably took maybe 60 or 70% of my decisions um, and, and chucked them into this guitar. Essentially, what I wanted from it was a modern vintage Martin small yeah. body okay. guitar. So I, I had customers that I knew would be interested in it, but it was something that um, not only would I own, it's not that I wanted it, it's like I'm building it because I'm going to buy it because uh-huh. I can't afford it. Okay. But you, you do want to design something that you would own if you were in the market of buying. Because you've got to sell it. Yeah, sure. I mean? <laughs> like, it's hard to sell something you hate. Yeah. Very hard. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's something that I would, I would own. I probably wouldn't buy yeah. myself. Because it's just expensive. Just expensive yeah. and, and not unnecessary. It's probably not the right word. Yeah. But uh, not needed. Sure. You know? um, 
So yeah, this is why I went, went in. I was like, I'm gonna buy. I'm gonna, um, sorry, a design. What what would Taylor do if they were Martin <laughs> building a vintage guitar? Best of both worlds. You know, best yeah. of both worlds. Exactly. Okay. Um, and so that's what I went in. So I actually I went um, Adirondack top, which is a breed of spruce. It's called what? Adirondack. 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 Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's Swiss. I no, think you're, it's, you're the expert here. I think <laughs> I, I'm clutching at straws. This is yeah, a long okay. time ago. <laughs> I, Sounds good. I think it's Swiss. Swiss. It's a Swiss breed of spruce maple. It's maple, oh, okay. essentially. Cool. So I went that top because, um, you know, Martin were... they. You know, spruce is like the quintessential acoustic guitar top. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's the, the sound and the look. And it's very hard as well. Very hard, very yeah. tough, great sound, yeah. great projection. Um, and I went with the Adirondack. I could have gone standard spruce mm-hmm. or, you know, different maple. I could have gone anything, really. But, but it's top shelf now. We top shelf. Swiss. Well, yeah, and Adirondack, you know, um, without knowing, Martin were probably using these sort of high-class mm. spruce without, with just classing it as just standard spruce. Oh, yeah, okay. You know, like, that happened a lot. Mm. Um, uh, key example was rosewood, yeah. And guitar makers using Brazilian rosewood, which is like the holy grail, yeah, of, of tone um, timbers, yeah, on on the fretboards. Yeah, and they wouldn't, they didn't know. <coughs> it, it was just rosewood, you know. So I kind of was like, what, you know? They probably didn't know that they're using Adirondack spruce. Mm. It was just spruce. They're using it. They're building a guitar. Okay. Um, so I went with that. I went with flame maple sides in the back. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, but with a vintage sunburst over the whole thing. Yeah, sure. So the vintage sunburst on the top is pretty standard, but you turn it around and you see the flame maple Yeah. in the, the vintage sunburst. You yeah, know, that's so yeah, that, that modern twist. That that was cool. And um, see, I played this guitar, remember you? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that, that was awesome because it is, it is so different. I mean, you'll have to tell us what, what actually happened to it, who bought it. But uh, another thing I noticed was the um, the headstock had the more classic... Um, I mean, what's the proper term? It's like the stage guitar kind of where the... Almost like a, a nylon string acoustic. Like a nylon string headstock. I yeah. I think of the name of it. Yeah. Um, but I went with that, not mainly for the looks, but for the, the tone that it gives. Oh really? So, so it gives a quite tight focus tone to it. Yeah, not more than the standard um, where where the machine heads stick up through the through the top of the headstock and you wind the like not just a standard guitar. Yeah, just a standard guitar. Yeah. Um, it's it's just yeah, it's got like this attack to it that like a focused sound. Okay. So it just focuses the tone from the neck a little bit more. All right. Um, and you get a lot better break angle on the strings. So sure. you actually get a, a lot closer action on okay. the guitar. Um, oh, it's really? a lot easier. Yeah. It's not like you couldn't get it on a, a standard headstock. Yeah. It's, just a, it's a lot easier. Okay. It's a bit quicker. Um, so I went with that, and it gives it that vintage vibe, mm. you know. Um, so yeah, that's, again, my idea was mixing the modern with the vintage, you know. Like, how can I make it vintage but have those modern 
features that you want on a guitar. Yeah, cool. Um, and you, you, you have photos of this guitar? I do have photos of this guitar. And yeah, that, that'd be cool if I could get some. And yeah, yeah. All sure. right. Yeah, I'll, I'll put a link to uh, my blog post. Yeah. Um, yeah, you'd be able to get a link to this stuff in the show notes and uh, see some photos of this really cool guitar that yeah. you made. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's good. And then it played fantastic too. It plays great and yeah. it's never been set up. Really? So, yeah, it came it's straight, 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 like straight from the factory and no, all we did joking. was change the strings every yeah. two or three months because no one would play it, but you still keep the fresh strings on it. Yeah, because um, this was what, about nine grand's worth of guitar? I was trying to remember. Yeah. yeah, I think maybe it's sitting at like seven and a half grand. Yeah, okay. And and this is, I think I was in, I was there twenty fourteen. Yeah. This is almost three years ago, and that and the economy was like really good. So the dollar was pretty good then. You now, did the Australian dollar against the American dollar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So that's a big factor in our in our pricing <coughs> for American products. Uh-huh. Um, was the exchange rate. Obviously, if you're buying something dollar to dollar, mm. it, the price in Australia is going to look better and you're going to be less inclined to buy overseas because, hey, why? I can just buy it for this price here, yeah. essentially. Yeah. Um, but maybe two about two years after we did that build-to-order, um, all American products, in our store at least, or what we imported or, or what we brought in from all our suppliers... Um, saw a 20 to 25% increase in cost. That much? That much. So it was a massive jump, and for about six months, it was uh, it was really tough to compete yeah. with with overseas. We, we'd see a lot of would buy directly from bring, America. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, anyways, that's that's another story. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's the business side of yeah. stuff. Yeah. But, um, so when, when you designed um, this this Taylor, this Taylor Martin modern classic thing, mm. um, did you kind of give them the specs and, and leave it there and they sent it to you later? Or did you get to see any part of it being made, like cut out or shaped? Or no. So I think it's like a nine-month wait. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, so it was a, it was a fair wait. Um, but... <clears throat> You know, I was like, oh, okay, I want I want to do a, a a maple back and sides. This is what I was thinking. Oh, you know, and they go, oh, how about we do a flame maple? And they, like, you know, walk down and pick out a piece of maple or a couple of pieces and they bring it back and they damp their rag, wipe it across the timber and, like, pop pops the, the yeah, timber. You, you know, you see, see the grain and yeah. they're like, oh, you know, we could... There, we could take this, these two pieces, and they unfold this, you know, rubber band, two bits of timber, and they unfold it, and it's the perfect book match. Right. You know, they've already done that, that yeah. pre-cut. Okay. Um, you know, and they're like, oh, nah, let's not do that one. What about this one? Oh, that yeah. one's really good. You know, yeah. like the. You, so we got to see the timber, um, of what we chose. Oh, that's um, good. For the yeah. body of the guitar. So I actually chose between. I think it was like six different pieces uh, of, of flame maple. And is this normal for your average person who wants to build to order? No. Or, no, this is a... No, so they have all the same options, but yeah. obviously we were just there. Yeah. I think yeah. you can, like, as a, a consumer, do the university. Oh, yeah. Um, I think you can pay to do it and, yeah. and do the same thing. You know, you can, if you oh. want to do a build to order. Yeah. Um, that's my understanding. Uh-huh. I think you can do that. 
Um, so that'd be cool if you're in San Diego and feel like spending nine grand on a guitar. Yeah. <laughs> it was an awesome experience. Yeah, I bet it was. Um, I mean, in hindsight, <coughs> there's probably a few things I'd change. Yeah. Uh, like, I'd put Taylor's pickup in it. Uh-huh. If I could do it again, I wouldn't. What did you put in it? I think it was in their Expression System 2. Uh-huh. So it's it's still their current pickup. Yeah. Um, which is a uh, piezo and um, body mics. So uh, it's not like a microphone in the sound hole. It's like um, transducers that sit on the on the on the wood underside of the top of the of the guitar, yeah, and that sure. gets the the fullness of the bass. This was sort of what you get from that, and you get yeah. the the top end from the the piezo. Because I, I plugged it into that um, AER. Acoustic amp, yeah, they had in there, and it was just amazing. It really yeah, it was. sounds great. Yeah. But the pickup, I feel, probably colours it a bit too okay. too much for yeah. for a guitar of that caliber. Yeah, right. um, I think there's a lot better pickups out there that would have worked a whole lot better in there that are a lot more neutral sounding. For for example, because you know someone listening might be wondering, what is a really good natural pickup that I don't have to pay the earth for? Um, K and K, so K and K. Yeah. They do one called, just trying to think of what it's called. I have one of their pickups in my guitar, but I've got the the transducers and the mic. Oh, yeah. They do so one that's just that. the transducers. I'm uh, just trying to think of what it's called. The Pure Mini. The Pure Mini. The Pure Mini. Okay. So there's, that it's a, there's no batteries. It's, oh, really? It's just transducers. Yeah. Barrel jack um, <coughs> can just replace your your strap pin on an acoustic. Uh, um, usually is what you do, or you can run it temporarily. I think maybe out of the sound hole, but you wouldn't do that. But it's the best sounding pickup by far at its price range on yeah. the market. Wow, hundred percent sounds great in everything from like a Taylor GS Mini. So those uh, like small body guitars that. You know they sound they sound really good for what they are, but they're a little bit boxy. Uh, this just opens them up, and it's just transducers. It's like three little um, they call them bugs, like transducer mm-hmm. bugs that sit um, between. So underneath the bridge, they sit um, evenly spaced between the E and the A string, the the D and the G and the B and the E. Right. Okay. So it kind of sits like. You got the six, and it sits in the three gaps between yeah. the six strings. Okay, um, and that's where it picks up the sound. So and similar to a piezo pickup, but right, different but concept. Yeah, different technology actually yeah. picking it up, and and not even the nine volt battery powering it. No, no, kind of so band EQ thing. No, nah, nothing. So it's super clean, uh, plug and play. It's you obviously don't get as much volume because you're not powering it. Uh, so you'd be wanting to run uh, maybe a preamp or something in front, but there's plenty of pedals out there that do that on the cheap, but yeah, I sure. would I would buy that hands down for any guitar. Interesting. Um, I ended up purchasing the Trinity pickup, which is uh-huh. their sort of top of the line, which is the th- same three transducer. Mm-hmm. Um, so that doesn't change across their line, but also a condenser mic. Oh, right. That, that does sit in the sound hole. Sits in the sound hole, yeah. Yeah, sure. And uh, I've got that in a $400 Sigma. Uh-huh. Acoustic, yeah, and not being biased because I've played a lot of guitars out there. Yeah, 
Um, but it's the best sounding acoustic I've ever heard plugged in. Really? The Sigma? Yeah. The $400 yeah. Sigma that's got a $500 pickup in it. Wow. <laughs> it's more expensive to pick up than the guitar. But yeah, yeah, but I, I love stuff like that, man. Because, um, I mean, we... I, I was buying an acoustic for my wife from Better Music, of course. Yeah, that's that, right. That, that's years ago. Yeah, here, yeah. Um, and uh, I, I, I played the full range from, you know, um, the $500 guitar to the $5,000 guitar and we ended up on a Maiden. Um, uh, it's uh, Artist Series 808, something along mm. these lines. Mm. Uh, yeah, I think that's what it was. Really nice timbers in it, really nice pickup, and, and it's got a condenser mic and that yeah. sort of thing. But just with so much gear, again, with basses, I was, I was um, going shopping for this guy, this younger guy um, in Germany, mm-hmm. and uh, he didn't have so much of a budget. I think we could spend maximum 300 euro, mm-hmm. and uh, we ended up spending 320 euro, something like this. And then out of interest... Um, I plugged into the same big amp, like I like to test for a big amp um, with, you know, especially electric instruments, of course. Um, this 320 euro bass, um, I swapped it out with a, oh, it was about two and a half thousand uh, euro. Um, it, it was a Fender Custom Shop, I okay. think it was, yeah. yeah. So killer bass. Yeah. And it sounded a bit better. That's all I can say for yeah. it, you know? This yeah. is this is like so much more expensive. Yeah. And sound a bit better. Yeah. So cool tip for the yeah. acoustic guitar. Yeah. And and it, it goes across I mean, I only have experience in drums and, and uh and guitars, but if you you put the time in researching and, and actually finding and playing, you I've got one really expensive guitar mm. left. I had I've had a couple, um, and I've had owned multiple at the same time. Mm. But now I own one really nice guitar, like really nice as in it costs a lot of money. Yeah, and, and what is this? Uh, it's a Gretsch White Falcon. Yeah, nice. Um, so I will never get rid of that guitar. Yeah, don't. But I, <laughs> I've had a custom Sir. Yeah, it was five thousand dollars Sir. Yeah, wow. Loved that guitar. Yeah, loved it. Yeah. Probably shouldn't have sold it, okay. but I did, and I don't miss it. Uh-huh. But um, in comparison, I have two parts casters, so just two hundred dollar Squire Stratocaster, uh-huh. and a, I think it was a hundred and fifty dollar Squire Telecaster. Yeah, and I gutted them, took all the parts except for the pick guard body and neck, mm-hmm. and replaced them with. Um, I think I've got some American parts on there and um, and a couple of, like, bits and bobs I found around the place, but um, mainly the, the electronics and the bridge is what I focused on, like okay. putting quality parts on there. And what about the pickups when it comes to strats and stuff? Where, where are you at with pickups? Because this is, this is an absolute minefield, a bottomless oh, yeah. pit of... Where are you coming from with, with pickups for, for a strat? Uh, depends what kind of music you're playing. Good. See so if you're yeah. gonna if you're gonna play, um, you know, your John Mayer sort of style of music, mm-hmm. singer songwriter, that sort of you know laid back, bit of drive though. Mm-hmm. You're gonna go for like a lower wound vintage esque 
your vintage esque. You know, you, you could buy vintage pickups if you wanted to, but you're gonna yeah. get a lot of noise. Right. So I go for something that's lower wound. Um, if you if you're playing pub music, you're playing everything from pop to rock to a bit of '80s hair metal. Mm-hmm. You're probably gonna go for something that's maybe in the bridge like a, a stacked humbucker. So it's the size of a single coil. Uh-huh. It's a humbucker. It's two coils. Um, and then you know maybe some hotter pickups in in the bridge in the middle and the neck. Okay. And if you're playing metal, you shouldn't be playing strap. Yeah. <laughs> you know, unless you like really like that sound. Uh. But technically, as a metal player, you probably don't want the feel of a strap. Mm. But I think just research what players that you listen to and what the sounds that you like. Research what they have, mm. but don't let that be what you go for. Then okay. go, hey, John Mayer uses X guitar with X pickups. Because yeah, this was this is going to be my point. Um, John Mayer, for example, I think he has such a fantastic sound, mm. and he's a fantastic player. Like, let's not forget, you can have the greatest gear and still play like rubbish. But pickups are tricky because it's it's not as easy as just um, just put them in and try them. And if you don't like them, put in some others. You know, it's uh, it's, it's a bit trickier. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so I think, like, you know, see, okay, John Mayer's using, he's actually been using Sir lately. Oh, yeah. And they have their own pickups. But I would say, okay, so Sir V60s, which is their sort of vintage single coil, 60 Uh cycle is like the, that's the hum you hear. Yeah. 60 cycle hum um, in a single coil. Okay, who does pickups like that? Mm -hmm. Okay, you've got Sir... Fender do some, Damasio do some, Seymour Duncan do some, Bare Knuckles do some, mm-hmm. and then you've got all these like little boutique dudes doing them. Like you've got um, my single coils are from a guy in Sydney called Charles Cilia. Oh really? Um, so yeah. they're hand wound by him. Um, that I was given, someone just gave them to me, and I was like, oh, I'll try these out. These are cool. That's right. I only have two. I don't have a neck pickup in my strap. It's missing. It's like oh a, really? Like, um, <laughs> looks like a missing tooth. <laughs> uh, but you know then you go and you look at these so they're the big companies and you look at the little companies and see what they're doing and then you kind of find out oh hey this dude that I like is actually using these ones okay oh that's cool so just need to spend some time googling a bit and, yeah yeah and and but just do your research but don't let that research be like a um, blinders on you okay in, in the end you have to make the purchase yeah you have to just try it yeah yeah see how they are or see if anyone you know has played them before. I uh, like asking people if they've... Um, have you played these pickups or this guitar? Or have you tried mm. this amp before? And, and take... But take what they say. If you trust them, obviously mm. you're going to trust their opinion a lot more than just, you know, your, your friends you're playing the band with occasionally. Yeah. His opinion, he thinks he knows it all. Yeah. He obviously, you know, that can be weighing those sort of decisions up. Um... But you've got to make the decision, and and if you make a decision and you're not quite happy with it, change the pots. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Okay. And then you go to the next stage. You go pots and switch. So, potentiometers. These are the parts that the volume knob and the tone knobs are. Yeah. Yeah, and then when you say change them, you mean change the values so they sound different, or just get the same values but a higher quality part? Either. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's probably about fifty percent of your guitar sound. Really? Not yeah. that much. Yeah, that much. I did not know this. Yeah. 
it makes all the world of difference. It opens up your guitar. Okay. And there's, there's, there's a few companies now that do pre-wired kits uh, for guitars. So literally all you do is you wire in the... Or like you just screw the, it into your scratch plate you, or something. You screw it into your guitar and you either yourself, if you can, or someone else solder in the input plate and that's it. Okay. And the pickup, sorry, as well. Yeah. Um, but it, it, it's just a pre-wired kit for your electronics because that it plays a major part in the tone of the electronic tone of your guitar yeah is, that's, is that's electronics. Cool too, so it'll be capacitors um and potentiometers or pots yeah right and jack yeah and if you get that far and it still sucks change your jack spend 10 bucks and get, oh, yeah, okay. and get a high quality <laughs> jack and and yeah. seriously it makes a world of difference and, and the pickup switch definitely be, yeah. yeah yeah okay um for me going back to it like I've only got one expensive guitar and I've got these two guitars I just they were just flukes yeah I wasn't really looking for like you know I wasn't I didn't need a Stratocaster and I didn't need a Telecaster Uh but it was like fire out this $150 Telecaster has a dead straight neck yeah sounds so loud acoustically yeah okay and actually plays great good resonance feels great you know so I bought it Relicked it, like stripped it all back. Oh, you relicked it? Yeah, I relicked it. Yes. It's good fun. Love it. And uh, um, yeah, but that's that's like half the price of some of these custom shop guitars, right? Yeah, I think probably total, um, I may have spent three hundred dollars, if that. Yeah. And and people would be like, oh, I've got these pickups from the my from my three thousand dollar guitar that I took out. Do you want yeah. them? Chuck oh, them right. in your guitar. Yeah, cool. And then scrounge around and find these parts in bins or buckets around the shop when I was still working there you know I found like oh, this yeah. Wilkinson bridge that had a massive brass tone block on it oh right at the bottom of this bucket I'm like I'm going to chuck that on my strat yeah. <laughs> and, you know it made, makes a ma- massive difference but it was scrap it was someone else's like they just chucked it off a guitar sure. okay so I think that was a perk of the job yeah it was the ability to do that because obviously no one not everyone has that but it doesn't stop you you know researching and, and you can make I think people there's a misconception with mm. instruments that you have to buy expensive to get good yeah yeah if you invest in your instruments you're going to get quality and there's, it's there's last some you. truth to that right definitely yeah but I don't think it's it's not biblical you don't right. have to follow it like it's not the be all and end all like I love my $300 acoustic yeah, sure. I love it. I've recorded with it. It sounds amazing. I've, yeah. I play live with it all the time, and it's every time I play it, it puts a smile on my face because it just and this sounds. Is, this is the Sigma. This is the Sigma. Yeah. The throne, and I'm tempted to buy. They do um, a Gibson J45 copy, uh, and so the Sigma I've got at the moment is like this little small body Martin copy. Yeah. You know, with the really small body. It's like. Um, 12th fret join so the, the oh, body meets at the 12th fret not the 15th so it's yeah. it's just real small but it sounds really focused and punchy and okay. real, it's really good you know but I would buy another Sigma and buy another K&K yeah. and spend $600 $700 rather than buying a really expensive acoustic isn't that cool the value of it yeah and, and this is coming from a guy who's worked in a shop for many years, selling some high-end stuff. Yeah. That's cool, man. Yes. It's really good to know. And, and in fact, that's, that's kind of what I'm on the search for in a lot of ways because when it comes to some things, 
um, I, I will pay the big ticket Definitely. price yeah. because um, at the end of the day, I, I am a musician and I do want to have a good sound. It does need to feel good. It does need to sound good and be reliable and all that. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, there's... I mean, my, my wife bought me an SG, right? Mm. And it's, it's the real deal and I love it. Mm. And But there, there's other things where I know uh, there's a point where you just don't need to spend that much. Yeah, definitely. And, yeah, and that's it's always good to hear tips from, from guys like yourself who are actually spent time um, dealing with the low end to the high end. And, um, yeah, it's, it's good to know that in the real world, you don't always have to pay the massive ticket. Yeah. Probably you just need to educate yourself a bit, which is what I'm getting yeah. from you. Yeah, massive, yeah. massive difference. Just uh, research it. And it's fun. Not everyone probably thinks it's fun, but I love research like I probably get fixated on stuff no, yeah, yeah. probably is why I enjoy it so much you know I like oh okay I'm looking for a new pedal and I'll spend hours upon hours over weeks you know looking at different pedals and, mm. and you know like um, and I just enjoy it I think it's fun I think that's part of the the hobby of it you know yeah, like sure. it's 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 not my job I don't do music for a job um, I do I've worked as a musician yeah. But it's not my sole job, but it's also my hobby as well. Yeah, it's sure. It's something that I'm passionate about. It's yeah. my craft as well, you know. Um, yeah, think, that's cool. So there's different factors. You have different aspects that you... So the research, I would say, is a hobby for me. Yeah. I love researching it, but um, if I work, it's my craft. It's my job. If I'm doing a gig, I'm going to be professional mm-hmm. I'm, and... If I'm buying gear, well, then what's the application? Am I, is it my hobby? Am I just messing around? Or yeah. is this something that I'm going to be using professionally or some in some other aspect where it needs to be high quality and then I'd make the decision to buy something better quality? Based on that. Based on, you know, just what, what's it for. Yeah, and also what it is. Yeah. You can get a, you can get away with a three hundred dollar guitar if you research it and find the right one. Yeah, sure. You you can't really get away with a a, a fifty dollar symbol. So that's the yeah. difference. Unless it was a special sound you're after, but um, an example I have is that we bought so my wife was getting into jazz guitar, you know, a few years back. And she was playing my SG at that time. Um, oh, no, she was playing my Ibanez, the Joe Satriani oh, yeah. Ibanez, and it, it just, she didn't enjoy it so much, the guitar itself. So I thought, okay, what what can I buy her that is just, you know, low cost, so it's, it's not too much of a gamble? And I ended up buying from Tommen, um, the Tommen store in, in, um, in Germany, it cost me a hundred and twenty-five euro, I think it was. Oh, wow. yeah. yeah, yeah. This um, archtop um, semi-hollow um, jazz guitar mm-hmm. by uh, what's the what's the brand name? It's a. Um, oh, it'll come back to me. It's it's the the Tongan house brand anyway. Okay. So we got it, and the strings on it were rubbish. It was set up so bad, like it wasn't set up, and um, there's a few things that were just. Like the pickup selector didn't completely work, stuff like this. And so I, I fixed all the stuff. I set it up, put new strings, cleaned it. Um, yeah, and 
actually it sounds really really good mm. and this is a case of a, a dirt cheap guitar mm. the build quality is not bad I have to say like once you do set it up the, the body is pretty good but then the gotcha here was even though you know we're thinking oh this is a really cool guitar and it's so cheap it's like you know almost a crime how cheap it is um, so she, she liked the feel of the instrument as well she's playing it a bit and then we, we started recording a few things mm. and we realised that the, the neck scale is a little out. So the higher you play it, the more out of tune it sounds. And this is not an intonation thing with the strings, mm. so it's not a tuning thing. It's really physically that the frets are not cut at exactly the right places. Yeah. So there really can be some downsides to cheap stuff. So if you do go cheap... You still need to research, wouldn't you say? That, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And that's where, like, asking people their advice mm-hmm. would, you know, but and that's, and in all, not in all cases, we have that opportunity. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, that sort of cheaper guitar uh, or that cheaper instrument, you can have that gamble. It's a gamble. Yeah. yeah. You might not, it might not work. And, and, the, the downside to that guitar is you can't record and you probably be pushing it, playing it live, but seeing it at home, enjoying it for what it is, yeah. it's perfect. Yeah, you so spend it, You spent hardly any money on it. You know, that's just a great platform as well for learning, setting up your guitar, which I think is a massive... The amount of people that can't set, can't restring their guitars is ridiculous. It's sad, isn't it? <laughs> and, and that's just a basic, like... Taking care of your instrument, learning how to basically set it up, can make a world of difference to any instrument, regardless. Of yeah, just how it sounds, right? Definitely. Yeah. How it feels, how you feel playing it. Yeah. Do you enjoy playing it? No. Are you going to play it? No, because you don't enjoy playing it. Yeah. And then you've wasted that instrument. Because Whereas you, you could you could you could get it set up at the local guitar shop for not much money if you didn't want to do it yourself spend $50 on it and yeah. you've got a different instrument guarantee yeah, okay. if, if they know what they're doing mm. if they know what they're doing that's you gotta you, you gotta trust who you can do it most most guitar stores are pretty good yeah okay. occasionally you get a rubbish one yeah <laughs> the Friday afternoon job the guy that didn't have the resume and got yeah. the job anyway <laughs> yeah that's it um, but 50 bucks again it will make a world of difference. And I think there's a misconception that, yeah, there's just little things that you can do, mm. especially in guitar world, that just make a world of difference. Um, not only to the sound or the feel of the guitar, but also how you feel and perceive the instrument. Yeah, sure. Yeah. No, that's cool. And that's, that's without even getting into cheap, um, you know, effects pedals and, you know, processors and stuff. That's like. a whole nother Oh, we are know. not talking uh, about that. <laughs> I could talk all night about guitar <laughs> pedals and, and, and building them, but... Uh, yeah, sure. It's, it's good fun. But I tell you what, Matt, um, it's been really interesting just hearing um, what you've been able to do, uh, especially with designing this acoustic and got some great tips for, um, you know, uh, especially the pickup that's that's really interesting the K&K mm. but um, yeah thanks a lot man for My giving me your time and yeah some, some it's been great yeah it's good fun good tips good times good stories <laughs> and um, I, I almost don't want to tell you this but we bought a ukulele um, a few weeks ago nice yeah 
but we, we bought it from, you know, some other shop, so you didn't have to sell it. That's the main thing, right? Uh, I mean, each their own. If, if you want to play ukulele, I'm, I'll, I'll totally support it. All right, because it's pretty damn awesome. It's good fun. I'm not yeah. going to... I probably, like, spoke too badly of them before. <laughs> uh, it's just bad memories, right? It's just bad memories, yeah. probably. Uh, I think they're good fun, and they're a good laugh. And well, have, Okay, have you seen Sarah Longfield play uh, Cannibal Corpse on a ukulele? No, but I can picture it. I'm going to put the link on, on, All right. on the show notes. No. All right, man. Well, thanks a lot, and uh, I'll let you get back to the cricket. Oh, it's well, well <laughs> over, but... Oh, okay. That's fine. There'll be more cricket tomorrow. All right. <laughs> well, hang out till then. Yeah. Thanks, man. Thank Catch you. Catch you later. See Bye. You. Yeah, nice. So that was the chat I had with Brody. I hope you enjoyed it. Some practical takeaways I got from Brody were, number one, when it comes to American versus Mexican, it generally makes no difference which side of the border it was made these days. I guess this can differ, of course, depending on the manufacturer and the brand, but at least with Taylor, this is more about the economics of the country rather than the quality of the instrument. Number two, a guitar likes consistency as opposed to a particular climate. Perhaps consider leaving your guitar in a hard case if your weather changes temperature and humidity often or quickly. Point number three, your guitar could be holding up to 400 mils of water at any time. This could be life-saving information if you happen to get lost while shooting a video clip in the desert without water. Just, you know, just uh, general info. Uh, point number four, a pickup recommendation from Brody for acoustic guitars. The K&K Pure Mini. It's a three transducer bug style pickup that sits underneath the bridge. Completely passive, no battery needed for an uncolored natural sound and very low cost. So that is a cool tip. I feel like buying one myself and just checking it out. Point number five, you don't have to spend big money to get a great sounding instrument. Research and an open mind can get you better results than simply spending large on popular brands. And point number six, learning to set up your own instrument can pay off for those who are interested in good feel and good tone. The more you learn about the physics and materials involved in an instrument, the better you can identify the upgrades, which will get you the best improvements. So yeah, that's all from me for this time. Cheers for listening. I wish you all the best for what you're working on at the moment. And if you don't have something on the go at the moment, start. Get it cooking. Make it awesome. Get it done. All right. Peace out. <laughs>